0: good to see you. Hey, this is a new day. This is a new day. Something's stirring. Something's been stirring for a long time. It's a very deep thing. And when God's been doing a deep thing for a long time, whenever the fruit of that becomes reality, it seems like it happens really fast. So I just want to tell all of you, get ready. I've seen something in the future. You've seen something for your future, and I'm telling you, those times are here. You're going to begin to see it manifest. Your family is not going to look the same. Your relationship with with Jesus is never going to be the same again. This church is never going to be the same again. Amen. Worship team, thank you so much. These guys, they're creating such atmosphere in the presence of God. Thank you guys so much. Every single one of you. I love that they don't just play. they, They lead worship from their instrument. Like, Mark's not playing drums over there. He's leading worship. You see him, he's singing. Like, it's not an easy thing to do, play drums and sing. And you look and he's singing and worshiping, playing the bass, the guitar, all of it. They're worshiping and creating atmosphere. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for doing that, um, that you serve us every week. And, and the Levites are the ones who lead the battle, battle. they lead us into battle. Uh, so thank you for that. Oh, man, I'm excited. Ah, uh, I want to open a big topic up today. Are you all ready for this? This might be like the next few months kind of topic. And um, <clears throat> I opened up with Psalm 24 and how it says, lift up your head, oh you, gosh, <clears throat> oh you gates. <laughs> and lift, lift the heads up and open the doors, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. We are living in such a great time for the church on on the earth. Like It feels like it's not. It feels like a time of of chaos, and it feels like a time of persecution, and it feels like a time of uh, a lot of churches aren't even open yet. Churches even down the street from here still aren't even open yet. Like, it's a weird time for the church, but I'm telling you that God is doing a very deep work in his church, and he's making us beautiful and pure and spotless, and he's creating an authority and a a power in us that we've maybe forgotten about. (laughs) There is a battle going on for the gates of culture. What you feel in the atmosphere, what you sense in the world, I I would say it's like, how many have ever watched any of the superhero movies ever? Any of them, Batman, Superman, uh, especially some of the the newer ones. Man, it feels like the evil forces are so good at their job in those movies that I, I honestly feel depressed watching them sometimes. I'm watching it and I'm like, well, everything the good guys tried don't work. Nothing works, everything fails. And it's like the the evil side is so much smarter and so much more innovative and further ahead and everything they do works. And it seems like there's more of them and it seems like that, that there's no chance. And then like Superman's getting beat up for like 30 minutes, right? And you're like, there's no way this guy can handle it and take it and then at the last second, just one punch <laughs> is all it takes. And Superman wins. And, I, I, you know, Superman is not my favorite. So I'm kind of making fun of this movie. I actually saw some of it years ago. And I laughed because I was like, why didn't he just do that at the beginning? Why didn't he just do that punch? And, and that's kind of how the church has felt. Like all the, the evil voices are louder and there's more of them. And it's like everything that we try to do fails. And it's like every time we turn around, they pass another weird law that's against God's laws. And it's like every time we turn around, there's more division instead of unity. And we're working so hard to unite people as the church. We're the uniter on the earth. We're not the divider. The church is a place for all people, right? And so we feel like we're working really hard to unite and, and be together as one. And you look out in the world and you've got the loud... Influencers on social media and shouting really loud. No, hate this group, hate that group. There's tension and it, it's frustrating right now. Honestly, I'm just being completely honest with you. Anyone else have, has felt that? We're in a spiritual battle right now, and the battle is not the battle is not for the White House. You think God really cares at all? <laughs> I'm sorry. He will use whoever's in the White House. Yeah, come on. I'm going to vote for righteousness. Yeah, come on. Period. And you're like, well, neither one's righteous. Well, then I'm going to vote for the most righteous one. I, I don't even know. I don't want to talk politics. I'm saying it because that's not the solution to America's problems. It's just not. And if we think that that's going to fix everything, whichever side... We're wrong. The people that are shouting on the left are like, oh, if we get our guy in, everything's going to be better. No, it won't. It won't be better. I promise you. We're on the right. Oh, if we keep our guy in, we're going to be okay. It's going to be better. It won't be better. That's not going to be the solution. The solution is for Jesus Christ to rise up inside the church and bring real solutions to society. Yeah. That is what we're fighting right now. It is not a political battle. We cannot fight on the devil's terms. Why would we let him choose the battle? Yeah. Come on. Why would we allow him to select where we, where we fight? Yeah. That's not how things work. Yeah. It's like Goliath on the mountain shouting, hey, send me one man to fight me. <laughs> so they send a little boy instead of a man. Like It's not up to the enemy to decide. And we are in a battle for the gates of our culture. And, and I want to I draw this distinction, and again, I may take a few weeks on this. I may take a few months on this. I don't know. There's a big, a, a whole topic around this, but I wanted to start here because if we don't understand gates, then we won't understand the rest of this. Now, in biblical times, the gates of a city were very important. It wasn't, it wasn't just like the place where you entered and exited, there was way more involved in gates. And, and most cities actually had multiple gates. And like this was the fish gate. You wanted to go to the fish market, you bring the fish in through this gate specifically, and there's the fish market. And then you have, they even call it the dung gate, which is really crazy and funny, but they have the dung gate. They have the water gate, the well gate. They have all these different specific gates. And here's what they represented in biblical times. So when they would build a city, they would wall the city to protect it, Right. And then they would establish these gates. Now, gates were there for protection. They were definitely there to keep the enemy out. But they were also the place where the prophets spoke. Listen to me. The gates were where the prophets would step up and declare the word of the Lord. Hello? The gates were where the judges made their rulings. So when they would rule in the court, they would come to the gates and tell what the ruling was for the court. The gates were where people met to settle their disputes. They met in the gates. It was like a common area. It was a big, it wasn't just a gate. There was a space between the outer wall and the inner wall. And in that gate, they, they did the business for the day. They met to settle dis- disagreements. It's where they, they met to argue over issues for the day. They would sit down and argue over, does this thing matter? Does that thing matter? Let's reason this out and come to a conclusion. That's where they would do it. This is where, they were, where new people were introduced to the city. It's a place where the marketplaces were. It's where they sold and they did their, their selling and buying. It's the place of business for court rulings, or for announcements. So in biblical times, whoever controlled the gates controlled every facet of the city. Are you all okay? The gates control the city if you can control the gate, you control the entire city because the gates establish how things function in the city. There are gates to our culture right now. There's politics, there's religion, there's, there's, there's a, I say, politics and government. There's religion, there's the church, there's, there's entertainment, there's law. There are these different mountains, these gates, and whoever controls those places controls the entire culture. Did you know that? That's what you're feeling right now, that's what I'm feeling right now. There are wicked people, I'm just gonna go there, in high places that are in control of the gates of our culture, and their rulings have had a negative effect on the, on the common people, us. And they don't care about us. The people that stand in those gates, they only care about their position in the gate. They will say anything they can to stay in that place of the gate. That's why we should have term limits, talking political. Because they will say anything just to stay there. Because they're there because they get to make the laws. They get to know where the, where, the, where the U.S. is going in business. They can make deals behind the back with their businesses, and they get very wealthy. You, you think politicians are good people? There's, there may not be a good one in all of them. Sorry, sorry, all you politicians. I'm sure you're listening to Jared, whatever. <clears throat> they, they go there, middle class, and leave very wealthy. How do you think that happens? Because they're in the gate, and they get to determine how things function and how the laws affect business, commerce, how the laws affect uh, uh, corporations, and they know. And so they sit there, and they will say anything to stay in that place of gate, in that place of authority. They don't care about us. You're like, is this going to get any better? Yeah, I hope so. But that's the truth. And we are, and there are people that have been placed in these, in these powerful positions right now, and they're making decisions that are not godly decisions. Now, you tell me how Netflix can release a, 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 a I don't even know what, if it's a, a series, a movie, what, called Cuties. If you don't know what it is, don't research it. I, I only know what I've heard. And it's, it's, it's pedophilia on display. California passed, recently passed new laws that makes that, that not a, uh, a higher crime as it was before in California. Because they've said that, that, that children can consent. Go read the law. California just passed this. You you think it's a coincidence that right now with all this stuff going on, that these things are coming out and they're leaking them out. It's coming out. The whole stuff with Jeffrey Epstein, I don't know if you know that whole story. There is a group of powerful people, not just in America, in the world that is sitting in these gates and they're not ruling with authority and with power, with righteousness. They're doing things for their own will and they're being led and deceived by the prince and the power of the air. This is really different for me to talk about, but I have to start here. Because if you don't realize how exceedingly wicked Satan is, yeah. then you won't realize how important it is that you and I step into the gate. Yeah. Come on. There is a devil. We don't talk about him. We talk about him a little bit here and there. We try, we try to just dismiss him. And, and I don't remember who said it, but it's, it's wise. The greatest trick that Satan ever played was making people believe he didn't exist. And he does exist. And he does have power. He doesn't have authority. Authority means he can, he can usurp other people's authority and power. He doesn't have that. He just has power. He has whatever we give to him. And there are people in gates... Gates of our cities, gates of our nations, gates of corporations that are making things okay that should not be okay. Yeah. Come on. And it's because there is a wicked enemy. And I'm not saying these people are wicked. I'm not saying they even know what they're doing. Some of them do know, but probably the majority of them think they're doing the best that they know how. But they're under the influence of this prince and the power of the air. And I wanted to start really dark because I want you to see what's ahead of us as a church. We are battling against these forces and high places and principalities. And if you don't think it's real, I'm sorry, you're deceived. If you don't think that there are people that have actually sold their souls to the devil to be in places of authority, then you're crazy. It's happened from the beginning of time. There are secret societies, and and they make these pacts with the enemy. They don't even know they do it, probably. Some of them do. But they have—I can't believe I'm here. I never thought I would be talking like this in front of everybody. Like, Facebook probably already dropped us. Hey, thanks a lot. Anyway, it's true. And I'm saying it because the gates are supposed to be filled with people that are righteous. People that do the right thing for the right reason because it's God's way. And if you and I sit back and let all the social media influencers, the few of them that there are, be louder than the many, and we abdicate our voice as the church and let a few people speak for everyone, and we don't join the conversation, then we're letting the gate be given to someone else. And the Bible says... Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is Matthew 16. And he says, blessed are you because this has not been revealed to you by flesh and bone, but by the spirit. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the the what? The gates of hell hell will not prevail against it. It's a real thing that we're battling right now. We are in a spiritual warfare. We can't be silent. Yeah. We, we can't let other people talk about stuff. I, like, I know it's, it's scary right now because you're like, what conversations do I get into? What do I not? That's between you and God. Yeah. But we have to begin to have some conversations because the gates of our culture have been filled with people that don't love God. Yeah. They just don't. And they think we're foolish because we do love God. Yeah. And I want to say, no, you're foolish because you don't love God. Because God cares about me. Your God doesn't care about you. We are in a battle with the prince and power of the air for control of the gates of our culture and our world. It is the antichrist spirit that is at work to stir up offense and to stir up division. <laughs> Did you know that? Everything you're feeling right now, both sides yelling at each other, trying to get all of us to pick a side, that is an antichrist spirit. It is not a godly spirit. And it's here to divide us, and it's here to cause us to be offended. You know why? Because Proverbs says, it's easier to take the gates of a citadel than to win over an offended person. Do you know why? <laughs> Come on. Someone can, can produce facts, and an offended person will not believe them. Someone can produce a better solution, and an offended person will not receive it because it doesn't matter to them, because they're offended. And right now, everyone's wearing their offenses on their sleeves, all of us. I'm so offended by this. I'm so offended by that. I'm so offended by this. You know, Danny Silk said this years ago. He says, being offended does not make you spiritually mature. It means you're actually spiritually immature if you're offended all the time. Well, I'm so holy, all this stuff offends me. No, you're not holy. Being offended is a tactic of the enemy. Man. When we see chaos, I'm going to say this again because there's a lot of it going on right now. And I'm having these conversations with my sons. When you see chaos, run away from it. Don't be part of the chaos. If there's strife, don't join in with the strife. Strife is this fighting back and forth. And no one wins. Yeah. If you see rebellion, don't throw your hat in with it. Don't be part of it. Come on. We can have no affection for these things. It is the exceedingly wicked, evil work of Satan. Yeah. Come on. Y'all have to help me out a little bit more. Come on. It's the truth. Come on. It... <laughs> If we don't know this, if we don't live with this in our mind, then we will not realize the calling that we have from God. And we will miss our opportunity to stand in the gate and declare the word of the Lord. Where are all the prophets? He says, we're the sons of the prophets. And he told us to prophesy. Where are we supposed to prophesy? In the gates of the city. It's all nice and fun to prophesy in the church, it's safe. But we were called to prophesy in the gates of the city, in the marketplace. <sighs> in a sermon recently, Bill, Bill Johnson said that we have been called to be salt and light. We are not leaven. The kingdom is the leaven. And we are the salt and the light. And the salt is supposed to be spread out through society, not dumped in the church. Yeah. Like what happens when you put a little too much salt on something? It's not good. And the church has spent all of our time and energy pouring our salt in the church and our light in the church. And there's a whole world out there yeah. that needs some saltiness, Come on. that needs some light. We need to be <laughs> we need to be stirred up in here, and we need to step into the gates of the city, and we need to rise up. In Daniel chapter 7, you don't have to go there. I'll read it. There, there is scripture I will want you to go to in a minute. But Daniel 7, verse 25 through 27, it's a prophecy about the times that we live in. He says, this is the enemy. He will speak out against the Most High. Daniel 7, 25 through 27. He will speak out against the Most High God. And he will try to wear down the saints. Yeah. Come on. Wear down the saints. If it's possible, he wants to wear us out. Yeah. And he will intend to make alterations in the times and in the laws. The word time there is epics. It means the way in which God and the way in which society functions over a long period of time. And he's saying the enemy, Satan, the prince and power of the air, wants to... Pull down the most high God and sit there himself. And he wants to wear out the saints and quiet them down into submission so that he can step into the courts of the, of the earth and make alterations in the way that we live and in the laws that we've passed. That is what's going on. Are you all okay? He says, and he will, be, he will be allowed to for time, time, and a half time. So he's saying for an epic and an epic and a half an epic, he's going to be able to influence the laws and rewrite things that we know to be true. Come on. Has that not happened in our country and across the world? Like biological things that we know are true have been rewritten in the law as not true anymore. You can't lie on biology. Like it's just the way it is, right? But that's what's been going on. They've been rewriting laws because the laws govern man. He says, but after that time of his influence, the court, the righteous court will sit for justice and his dominion will be taken away from him. He will be annihilated and destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, the dominion and the greatness of all the kingdoms under all of heaven will be given to the saints of the highest one. And his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all the dominions will serve and obey him. This is what our calling is. Are you still here? This is not meant to be a negative, heavy message. This is meant to call us into a place of action. We need to step into the gates. We need to rise up and open them up and let the King of Glory come back into our culture. Make room for Jesus in our culture again. Romans 8, 37, 38, and 39. What has God said about this? In all things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Jesus who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, principalities are the people that sit in the gates and rule for wickedness. He's saying not even principalities, not things present, not things on their way, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to what? Separate us, separate us from what? The love, the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. So we're living in this time where it feels like there's just this separation taking place. And I wanted to declare today that we're going to step into the gates of our culture and we're going to begin to declare the word of the Lord and it's not going to be able to separate people from the love of God. Because Jesus humbled himself, Philippians 2, because he humbled himself, God highly exalted him. Everyone say, highly exalted him. Oh, man. And gave him a name that's above every other name, that at his name, every knee shall bow, that's in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Lord of the city. He's the Lord of the city. Come on. So who are we? Ephesians 1, you go there, Ephesians chapter 1, close it out, we'll pick up where we left off later. Ephesians 1 verse 18, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That's my prayer today too, I pray that our heart, the eyes of my heart will be enlightened. And then he says, this is what I'm hoping for, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory and his inheritance in the saints, and what the surpassing greatness of his power towards those who believe is. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ. So he's saying, God won victory, and he's giving it to us through Jesus. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above the rule and the authority and the power and the dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the ages to come. And he shall put all things in subjection under his feet. Come on. This is the truth. We're at the end of the movie. The good guy is about to step up and just finish him off. He put all things under his feet, and then he gave Jesus to be the head over all things and the church to be his body. And it says, the fullness of him who fills all things. So he's going to make us full and complete and mature, and he's going to help us to be powerful and full of authority, and we're going to look just like Jesus. Beautiful, without spot, without wrinkle. All right, what do we need to do? Colossians 3 says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Actually, that's Ephesians 6, my bad. Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and powers and against the world forces of darkness and against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, a few weeks ago, maybe three three weeks ago, I woke up, and this happens to me randomly, I don't dream a lot. When I dream, it's, it's very specific. And I kept hearing spiritual wickedness in high places, spiritual wickedness in high places. I just, I woke up and I couldn't get it out of my head. That happens to me a lot. It's like a, I have a tick and I, I can't stop saying that thing in my head over and over again. And I was like, God, I need to study. I don't know what this means. And it was, this was exactly what it was. It was, it was the authority given to, to wicked people to be set in the gates of the city to make rules that affect the common people of the city in ways they never would have been affected before. And it feels spiritual. I want to close here. There are many causes that are going on right now. We live in a world where everyone wants to have a cause. And the, the trick that happens in this is when these causes don't come from God, they can have a spiritual feeling attached to them that it feels like I'm being spiritual by supporting this cause. And I'm not naming any causes, so don't put names in my mouth. I'm being very specific on the way the enemy works. And it feels spiritual to back this cause, and it, and it feels good you get a feeling in your heart like, man, I just did a good thing. How I many you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever had that feeling before and it wasn't a good thing? That was the influence of spiritual wickedness in a high place. And what it does is it tries to steal your authority and your power and my authority and my power and get me to come into agreement with it. Yeah. So once I come into agreement with its authority, it validates its position in a high place. And I have to not put my name on things Jesus doesn't put his name on. Yeah. Come on. Because if I put my name on things that Jesus didn't initiate and he doesn't put his name on, then I am validating the prince and power of the air's authority in a place he doesn't have any authority. Yeah. I'm, I'm validating his position. And now I have surrendered my voice to that. And that's what empowers him. Be careful what you put your name to. Come on. Be careful what cause you put your heart into. Be careful what you allow to offend you or to, or to bother you. And that's how you kind of know it's spiritual wickedness. Is if it stirs offense inside of me, it's not coming from God. it stirs this offense that's in our world, if it stirs that offense in me, I know for a hundred percent fact that God didn't do that. Because God is not trying to stir up offense in us. He's not trying to trip us. You know what the word offense is in Greek? It's scandalizo. It means scandals. And it also, if you trace it all the way back, When they used to hunt, they would build these cages, and they would have a a trigger. It would be usually a stick of some kind. An animal would hit a stick, and the cage would fall and trap the animal. That stick was called scandalizo. So whenever you and I become offended, we're tripping the cage and the trap that the enemy has set for us, and we're trapped in it. And that's what offense does to us. We've tripped the cage, and it has fallen on us ourselves. So don't let offense stir up inside of your heart. If offense is being stirred right now, then you need to go to God and say, God, I'm offended. I don't even really know why, but I need you to help me not to be offended. Reveal to me where this came from. Because what it is, it's the influence of a gate that's over my life. Are you all okay? What are our gates? Our eyes, our ears, our hands, our heart. Our senses are our gates. They are the access point to our heart. So be careful little eyes what we see. Be careful little ears what we hear. Why? Because they're, those are gates to our heart. The Bible says that the eye is the lamp for the whole body. So I will be lit or dark according to what I allow my eyes to see, my ears to hear. <laughs> I was watching a video this week, and the person in the video said, be careful what you allow in your house through the television. I was like, man, that sounds like an old-timey message. <laughs> That's how I grew up. My great-grandpa used to have dreams when the, when the boob's tube that's what they used to call it. All right, it's not an offensive term. It's just, you know, it's what it was called. He's like, you allow that in your house. And he said he had dreams and he had visions where spirits were coming through the television into the house. And, and in the 80s and the 90s, we're like, oh, how ridiculous is that? And I heard in this, this, this uh, thing this week, this video this week, they said they call it programming. Come on. Stations, TVs. Media company calls it programming. He said, do you think that's a coincidence that it's called programming? Because it is programming our kids. It's programming the way we see things. And I'm not the throw your TV out of your house guy. I'm not the turn it off. I'm like, that's totally between you and God. But I'm drawing a point to show that we have to be careful what we allow to influence us. Because we're supposed to stand in the gate. And we're supposed to declare the word of the Lord. And if if our body is not full of light, then what we're saying is contributing to the problem. Come on. Golly. Come, on. <laughs> Come on. Put on the full armor of God. Everyone say put on the full armor of God. Why don't you stand? Colossians 3, I'm going to close with this. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above. So what are we supposed to look for? The things that are above, right? The things that are high. Keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is, where he is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Amen? For you have died, and your life is hidden in Christ. You are gatekeepers. We're saying I'm a gatekeeper, Gatekeeper. and we're supposed to rise up not just in the church, but wherever we are in the culture. We're supposed to speak the word of the Lord. Amen. I want to pray, and then we'll we'll have a a, a common prayer. But, Father, I just ask that you would come and investigate us right now. I ask that you would come and break ties and allegiance with spiritual wickedness in high places. It sounds a little crazy. Honestly, God, I, I feel... I know what I'm saying. I know it's true, God. I know that these things are real. When you say it out loud, it almost feels ridiculous. Like, oh, come on. That's not... But God, I know it's what's going on. It is true. We are in a spiritual battle. You say it, it's true. So God, I ask that those places in me that, that, that blow it off, like, oh, pff, it's not a big deal. Oh, who cares about that? Oh, if I put a thumbs up and I like this thing, I'm not putting my name to it. Yeah, I am. Come on. And God, I ask that you would reveal to me the spiritual. Hmm. You know, Paul one time says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the spiritual. He wants us to know. God wants us to know the spiritual things. So would you pray this with me? Father God, I ask you you to give me spiritual eyes. Eyes eyes to see. see, Ears ears to hear. Help me to discern discern the spirits. To test the spirits. To see whether they're from God. God, I ask you to help me to only come into agreement with what you're doing. Help me not be part of the problem. Wake me up. Oh, let's pray. God, wake me up. Awake, awake, O oh sleeper. Awake, awake, oh sleeper. Father, I pray that the people in this room, the people that are part of this church, that are on Facebook even now, that you would make them people of influence. That in their workplace, you give them a voice of authority that they would rise up into the gates of their business, of their office, of their home, of their city, that they'll run for city council, that they'll run for school board, that they'll run for PTA board, because we need people that have the righteousness of God in them to stand in these places, that they'll coach soccer teams, baseball teams, basketball teams, that they'll go be on their community advisory boards. I don't care what it is, God. I ask that we would stop being lazy Christians and let people that don't care about godly things make the decisions for our our cities and our companies and our children's future. Jesus name. Amen. All right. I want to bless. I want to say something that I don't want to go out. So I, I just love you. I bless all you guys on Facebook live. You are wonderful. Thanks for joining us. We pray that God touches you this week. Amen. Amen. All right. Parents, I'm going to talk to the parents real quick. There's some crazy stuff that's being talked about being passed in public school right now that you need to pray about and you need to make yourself aware of. There is, a, there is an actual assault on our children's sexuality, and it is, it is an evil plan and they are teaching things, and they are are are—they've already done it in I think 20 states. Texas met last week discussing whether or not they're going to teach the same curriculum in the schools. And the battle came between the LGBTQIA plus 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 thousand whatever words versus the abstinence group. And the battle was between those two groups on teaching abstinence and teaching all of this stuff. So they created an abstinence plus <laughs> curriculum. And the stuff that they're going to teach our kids up even to first, second, third grade, and I won't say, and I won't get into all of it here, but do your research. They're they're, going, they're teaching them, they are conditioning them right now to be sexual beings at five and six years old, and it's not okay. And it feels really weird to me that all of this stuff that's going on with I mentioned the Jeffrey Epstein and, and the, the pedophilia that's being revealed in high place. There are actors and people right now, and I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, that have changed their citizenship because they, they're under threat for pedophilia. And when you hear some of the names of the people that are going to fall, you are going to be shocked. I, I have some inside information into some stuff coming out. And, and uh, there was a prophecy that said people in high places are going to be revealed. It's going to be shouted from the rooftops. The sin and the things that's going on. And it revolves around children. Come on. Come on. It's disgusting. Yes. And we don't even know about it. And they're wanting to teach it to our kids in school. And I want you to know about it. If you need to get out of public school, get out now i 'm just saying, if you need to get on the school board, get on the school board, all right, do your research I promise don 't believe me, research for yourself, just look the stuff up it's it 's pretty crazy, all right, know what your kids are being taught please Come on. Amen? amen all right there 's enough of that we've we 've got it we 've got to be righteous we 've got to rise up so I love you guys. We bless you. If you have your offering, we have the buckets ready to go. Have a wonderful week. All right.